0: hey everybody welcome to the show today's show is the best um one thing before you get started if you're listening on an apple device or an ios device please go to the apple podcast store or wherever you like to listen to podcast and leave us a five-star review tell us what you like about the show um Also, if you can't do that on an iOS device, go on our Facebook, leave a review. It really helps. I promise. So today's show is brought to you by the all-powerful Supergrip ATV. Supergrip ATV tires are seriously awesome you guys um this very week they have actually come out with their intermediate tire i don't know if they're i don't know if they've settled on a name for it yet y'all uh it is the canine tire but they're going to come out in different compounds the original terminology that they were using and that they would understand if you called is uh, They had a standard compound, which is the tires that I run, they had an intermediate, which is a slightly softer, and their uh, competition tire is still in development. Um, those names are all good, or also if you want to use road, trail, and race, race being the softest of the three. Um, you can call and get your tires ordered today, or you can speak to your local dealer and they'll, uh, they'll get you hooked up. <clears throat> The canine tire, which is the tire that I use, which is absolutely the best, is Kevlar, comes in a 27, a 30, a 32, and a 35. Now a lot of you guys have been asking for these tires and they've been uh, somewhat, the availability has been a little iffy. Uh, the virus going on has obviously killed some of the production around the world. So if they don't have exactly the tire you're looking for. I'm telling you, wait out for it. Make it make it a priority to keep your eyes peeled. Be in touch with your provider. See how much they've ordered, when they're going to get them, and don't miss out because these SuperGrip ATV Canine tires are the best. Also, SuperGrip makes an awesome Amp tire for all ATVs. Amp is a non-directional tread pattern that makes great on most every type of uh, terrain. It's kind of like a big horn, but better because it's Supergrip ATV. The Superlite is an ATV mud tire. It's pretty mud tire-ish directional kind of deep mud, but they also offer a shredder, uh, which is available for ATVs and UTVs. And that's going to be your crazy deep lugs, uh, crazy depth on the tire. Uh, again, all matched with the Supergrip ATV, uh, excellent, excellent dependable tires. Um, the most dependable tires in the ATV industry. Uh, Flat preventative liners that resist seal, punct- uh, resist and seal punctures, so you can venture anywhere with the confidence that SuperGrip will get you fun- get you home. They work while you play. SuperGripATV.com. Reach out to your local tire provider, and they will get you hooked up with a set. And also SuperGripATV on Facebook and Instagram. Today's show is also brought to you by We Buy Rides. We Buy Rides is a third party dealer that can offer you the most cash value for your car. Uh, If you have a specific car in mind, what you do is you take your car in uh, Tell them you want to either get it sold or trade it in. They'll give you the highest cash value. Um, that cash value is good for trade-in or, again, cash just right out the door. Um, they specialize in 4x4s, four Highline, and diesel vehicles. Uh, all of those vehicles, <laughs> I'm catching myself saying, oh, and it's killing me. Uh, there it is. All those vehicles can be available. If there's a particular vehicle that you're looking for, just let them know. And they'll get you squared away. They'll get you exactly what you're looking for at the best price. They also will offer you the highest cash value for your vehicle. Our third sponsor is Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road is the best in the business when it comes to lighting, whether it's wheel uh, wheel rings, light bars, light pods, rock lights, whips, everything. Infinite Off-Road has you covered. Infinite Off-Road knows how important it is for you to get quality products, so they've given all listeners of the Racing on the Rocks podcast 10% off the entire website with code word ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S. And let me tell you guys, their shipping is very quick. Customer service is great. And the reason their customer service is so awesome is they have a 25 year, you break it, they fix it warranty that even covers accidental damage. If you put a light bar on your truck, on the front of your truck, you get a fender bender, the light bar gets trashed, reach out to Infinite Off-Road. No questions asked. They're just going to send you a new bar, an incredible company to deal with. I really, really am glad that I have them on board with the podcast. They are Awesome to deal with. Tell them racing on the rock sent you or use the discount code R O C K S at checkout InfiniteOffroad.com, infiniteoffroad infinite offroad at Facebook and Instagram. Last but not least all things UTV, all things UTV is your provider and your dealer for everything else that I haven't mentioned already, whether it's wheels, uh, axles, uh, transmission parts, differential parts, um, man, comfort, performance, everything that you need, all things UTV has it for you. They can also do some of the fastest shipping that I've seen come out of a business before, even having some of my products shipped overnight just by using standard shipping. Dustin Robbins and his team there have done me really awesome, uh, in in just the products that they provided. I run their tender spring kit has really softened up my ride while giving me a few inches of ground clearance back. I also run their limit strap kit which is an excellent addition to keep the life of your shocks uh, in in healthy order. Um, Everything else that I ordered from them probably doesn't compare to the peace of mind that one product I got from them gives me and that product is the All Things UTV inner fender liners. Took about 25 minutes to install and what it is, is on the firewall in the wheel well of your, like the wheel well where it goes into the the cab of the UTV, they make a steel, direct, tightly fit, no holes replacement Or addition rather, not a replacement, but an addition that goes in there, and it is absolutely this peace of mind that you need to make sure you and your passengers are very safe. There's a lot of pictures of people getting impaled and all kinds of other crazy sticks and stuff coming through uh, the floorboards. Make sure that you're not caught in an unsafe situation. Pick yourself up some fender guards. Today's show, I have Matt Myrick from Busted Knuckle Films. Um, Had a really good time talking to him. Picked his brain about a lot of stuff. Uh, Really great guy and one of the pioneers that has made this sport uh, that we all love so popular. Without further ado, uh, the all-powerful Matt Merrick. Get a drink and gather round. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the
1: best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us, and let's talk about racing on the rocks.
0: Matt Myrick, Busted Knuckle Films on the phone. How are you, brother? Doing good, man. How about you? I am great. I, uh have had the longest week uh my company that i work for we rolled out a new product this week and uh it is four o'clock on friday and i cannot wait to crack open a beer so it has been a rough week for me but uh how about yourself how how, how are things at the shop Uh,
1: everything's good man we're just uh we're rolling and going you know as usual so i mean everything going on in the world right now is not affecting us too much so we're just trying to stay as busy as we can and uh keep everything rolling
0: yeah, now, side note, we'll go ahead and derail the whole, the whole conversation here. Uh, I actually went to Stony Lonesome uh, a couple weekends ago, maybe two weekends ago at this point, and uh, I didn't realize you guys are literally right down the road from Stony Lonesome. Oh, yeah, you can almost walk here. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Do you guys go out there pretty often? I'm assuming that would be, like, your place to test. Right, yeah,
1: if you ever watch any of our review videos, or anything like that online, or any of the test videos, the new buggies, most all that shot
0: at Stoney. That's awesome. I uh, That is actually the first time I'd been down there. I know that they're real particular on drinks and stuff like that, but I love the trails there. There was a huge variety, they had a nice short course. I thought it was really, really nice. Yeah, that's a good spot. We've actually helped them uh, a, a while back.
1: They had us come in and, and help them pick out some uh, some rock bouncer or more technical trails and, and uh we helped cut a few so uh we've got a pretty pretty long standing history with, with stoney and they've they definitely have made that park much better for the uh the, the hardcore off-road
0: enthusiasts yeah uh, i i would agree with that because we did we did some of the reds there and i didn't think the reds were like crazy outrageous or anything like that but some of those bouncer hills man we looked at who's your daddy and that's ridiculous that's insane yeah, it's wild that the guys now make that look fairly easy. I mean, if they let them race again, I mean, they would probably still run those same two hills, but it's, I mean, they, they would walk right up them now. It's crazy how much the sport's come, how yeah. far it's done in the last few years. Yeah, and, and we'll get into that, but before we get too much in that conversation, um, so everybody knows you as, you know, Busted Knuckle Films. Everyone knows who you are. I've seen your face at least once. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself outside the off-road business.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm from Huntsville, Alabama, originally. Uh, went down to Auburn, got my degree, worked for about two years, and all in the same time I was basically uh, filming me and my buddies out Wheeling because people didn't understand why we were constantly working our rigs and uh, all during college doing that kind of stuff. And I had watched off-road DVDs and stuff like that on on you know the internet and and, and watched all that stuff and and, and really thought it was neat. And I wanted to tell our story, so. I made my first dvd just as a, something, as a tool to show people kind of what we did and uh i had people immediately start asking to buy copies and, and that's kind of how the bust and uncle film side of things uh were how it all came about and man i just uh, kind of went from there stuff started getting put on youtube and our dvd trailers were getting more hits on youtube than what we were selling dvd
0: wise so i just started putting everything on youtube and, uh, yeah, the rest kind of history. So what year did you start this? Because the fact that you guys are selling DVDs, I mean, that kind of that kind of dates it a little bit. Right. I think uh, 2007 is when I like, first drew like, the roughest um, logo I ever could have come up with. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it was about 2007. That's awesome. And, you know, you just alluded to the fact that not only have the cars changed so much, but the hills and everything have changed. Um when you when you guys first started you know you yourself have done a plethora of racing trail riding all kinds of different vehicles everything in between um i just want to like hear which one did you start in because i think you guys started in full-size like jeeps if i'm not mistaken
1: uh right so i actually built a solid axle comma while i was in college so i solid axle swapped it um I was real big on the forums then. I was one of the first people to take the front um, IFS brakes and put it on the rear because they came with uh, drum brakes. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like made that happen, used the cool springs off of a Bronco and uh, made a thought axle come and that thing went everywhere. And I took it to Grey Rock and, and the great thing is me and all my buddies, like we were in college, we didn't have any money. So I had, you know, a truck and trailer and so I would haul my truck there and whoever broke the worst and couldn't drive home got to put their vehicle on the trailer and I'd drive my truck home so there was <laughs>
0: there was many weekends where I would we would go to Teleco and, and wheel all weekend and then I would end up driving my truck home after all that dude that's crazy that's so okay so you start there what came next did it go straight into UTVs after that uh, so I had a Jeep so I, I sold that truck and got a Jeep I actually bought it for parts because I wanted to
1: build a rock bouncer mm-hmm. and so the way through that I parted it out and then I got some sponsor help and UConn came on board and so I ended up using only the transmission out of that big Monster G build. It was on like 44s and uh, one ton axle, pullovers, the whole nine and I ended up not using very much at all out of that out of that build. But uh, then I built my had my first rock bouncer built and uh, started wheeling it and uh, realized how much fun that
0: was and really didn't get into the U T V stuff until the last couple of years. So your first bouncer was that something that you actually made yourself, or did you make that like, or did ha- have someone help you make that? Uh, somebody built this turnkey for me. Okay, dude, that's the way to do it right there. If you can, if you can make that budget happen, all this nonsense of people wanting to like uh, built not bought stuff, y'all are ridiculous. That's dumb. <laughs> right. I mean, and that you know, I, I was well out of, out of college and,
1: and doing fairly well, and. and sponsors and stuff really helped me out or else you know and, and even the shop that built it really helped me out a lot I didn't I, otherwise I wouldn't have had the budget to do it it was kind of it was one of those things that I started filming rock bouncers and I always dreamed of having my own but really didn't think that was attainable and then and then one day it just kind of everything kind of came together and, and uh, I, had a, I had a good time in that in that rig it was 14 bolt six oh, uh four wheel steering I mean it, it was a it was a fun bug on 43 stickies and uh, I actually, kind of like Jake, I, I sold it when we decided to go into this whole off-road shop venture. Um, mm-hmm. So he
0: sold his buggy, I sold mine, and, and uh, here we are uh, two years later. And I still have another one, but hopefully that's going to be changing before long. Wow, that's exciting. So that that's like, skip to the next conversation here. Uh, you, you know, have this bouncer, you get rid of it. What comes next? You guys make the investment in the business. I mean, you race UTVs pretty consistently for a few years
1: right yeah one of the big things for and why i got into utds i mean first i had one you know just to get around the trails and stuff for the longest time i
0: was on a 400 ex sport quad trying to follow (laughs) all these rock bouncers around trail rides and stuff like that with a video camera
1: and that worked out pretty good for a while and uh eventually i got a 800s like a smaller um uh razor Mm and started using and, hit and, and got like second place and oh. I, I kind of got the bug after that, bought a 1,000 that somebody was like part now, kind of fixed it up a little bit, started racing it and the reason I started getting into the racing thing is is it was a lot of work traveling to all these events and I was having a good time but I, I'm one of those people that like I I, I started filming like the rock rounds and stuff because I like the rush of it. Mm-hmm. Like I like staying on that hillside and something with a thousand horsepower
0: comes screaming by me like that's, that's living to me Oof. and so... You know, to, to help with that. Also, like, I of course want to participate, but I, I,
1: don't, I, don't, I didn't have a you know budget to race the Rock out there be competitive mm-hmm. at that level. So I got UTV and, and started doing that. But to have that rush on Friday and, and get to race with everybody, you can kind of see that that part of it too, It makes me as a you know a videographer and a storyteller, I can I can tell a better story because I know what those racers are going through. I mean, I've, I've been there to where the night before the race, I'm up to 3 a.m. swapping parts to my razor and it's still not working, and then somebody last minute walks up and says, Man, just use my rig and race it and like I don't know. It's just it's just something that's really helped me and how I tell my story, you know, with all the videos and
0: stuff. Yeah, and, and so that's something that is widely missed. You know, there's a there's a couple of guys that make that that, that have good followings that um, you know show visuals on the on the races and things like that. But, you know, I, I think that one of the big things that I've talked about on the podcast that I, I'm a huge fan of is your make trail riding great again? Uh, that kind of that kind of plug, and I think it's great because you know a lot of this stuff isn't necessarily someone just pulling out their phone and videotaping someone climb a hill or some videotaping someone going up a trail. It's so much more than that, and there's skill behind it, and there's thought behind it, and intention. Um, what do you think about you know? So from 2007 to now, everybody has a video camera. Everyone has something to take pictures but yet you guys are still, you know, you as an individual are very set apart because at not only the professional level that you do, but there's more to it than that. What are your thoughts on that and, like, how do you capture the more to it? How do you tell a story when you're out filming these kind of things? Yeah, that's, uh, a lot of times that's easier said than done. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, it, it's always been a challenge ever since
1: everybody started having video camera on their cell phones and a lot of the newer I mean my cell phone I use now like I I was doing a professional photo shoot a couple weeks ago and and I left my still camera on my
0: shelf and used my brand new iPhone like uh, and it took way better pictures that's crazy it's uh, it's crazy to have to compete with that but that's kind of when we
1: had to get better at being storytellers and put stuff together that's more like a television show um, you know than just a, a normal thirty second
0: clip of something really cool happens yeah, I agree, and I think that uh, that 's something again you know i, I keep I keep up with everybody in the in the arena just like everyone else does and uh, when you guys do your west coast and uh, you know your travels out west where you guys were doing Utah and you guys were doing um, hammers and all that stuff there 's a reason that you guys get in there and it really uh, it doesn't feel like a TV show because I honestly feel like that under that undervalues and kind of undercuts what you do it, it feels like you're watching uh, like a Netflix series like it's intentional you know you know you know you have cliffhangers and they make you want to watch the next episode and all that kind of cool stuff um, and I think that that's a lot of the things that people don't necessarily see taken adv- or taken into account when they are scrolling through all your videos on YouTube you know
1: right and we've had multiple offers from different people wanting to, like, make what we do a television show. Mm-hmm. And, and I've just, I've kept some We're not interested because but the first thing they want to do is just take that real side away and, and put fake drama and stuff like that in. And I just, I won't do that. I won't, I won't cheapen what we do by, by letting somebody do that. So that's why we're just going to continue to put stuff on YouTube. And uh, recently we just started putting stuff on Amazon Prime. So that's kind of our, our step into trying to make something a
0: little more high quality to go on there as well. So, how can people find that on Amazon Prime? Uh, So, If you just search for Bust the Knuckle on Amazon Prime, it'll it'll pull up pretty easy. Perfect. Or you can go go to our
1: website, bustandknucklefilms.com, and it's down at the bottom of the
0: homepage. You can click right there and go to it. And if you have Amazon Prime already, you're able to see those videos? Yep. Cool. Awesome. Um, So, all that being said, you know, you race UTVs, uh, you now have this awesome four-door Jeep. Uh, tell me a little bit about the West Coast travels uh, that you guys have done in that jeep, and uh, we 'll talk in a second about your four door razor because uh, that one has seen the, seen some miles and it 's definitely a super popular rig but tell me about the jeep going from razor to jeep and then wheeling the jeep all over the country. Uh, what are your thoughts on it
1: right so the whole idea behind the Jeep was to, to, to build something. I mean, I, I've had a rock bouncer and I had UTVs that I was racing, but I, I really wanted something to kind of get back to, you know, the roots of, of me wheeling with my buddies and stuff like that and, and wanting to do more out west stuff as well. And then uh, we found that, that JK uh, insurance auction. It was a flood damaged vehicle in Miami. And uh, man, we, we uh, bought it at auction got it picked up and, and fully built it out. And uh, I think we built it in Six or seven days, and then went on a kind of a Tennessee adventure with it, and, and mm-hmm. did some wheeling. And they came back and rebuilt it some more, and then took it out west. And, um, for the first first big ride of its life, was pretty much going out to. Uh, uh, man, we did Moab, we did uh, San Hollow, and a bunch of other stuff with Trail to SEMA. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the traction out there, I think, is probably the biggest thing. Um, just just having unlimited traction to where you point at something and we got all four four tires locked in. Good set of BFG tires, man. You just freaking walk right out stuff that, that you wouldn't wouldn't be possible on this side of the country because we just don't have
0: the, we don't have the grip that they have out there. That's that's you beat me to that question because you know having that experience across the nation, we're super blessed to have a country in which we have so many different terrains within driving distance. um So I think that's really really cool. Now let me ask you that. Uh, Going from racing Razors, trail riding Razors, you know, following the bouncers, um, how did it feel going from Razor back to full size? Because I used to be in the Jeeps and you probably couldn't pay me to go back to a full size. Yeah, the the crazy thing about the Jeep,
1: man, and and a lot of people will attest to this, is I I, kind of drive it like a rock bouncer. Yeah. uh, Because I don't don't have a lot in it because it was an insurance, uh, kind of an insurance job. And Mm -hmm. so i i beat the crap out of that jeep and, and it goes up a lot of stuff that it shouldn't um but i kind of think that's part of what makes it so much fun is you're, you're in something that's not supposed to be that capable but
0: if you push it to its limits a lot of times it does extremely well now suspension wise just give me give me the short on like what upgrades you guys have done suspension wise and drivetrain and axle stuff like that okay so with a regular unlimited jk it, it, it had a 30 in the front, so we swapped mm-hmm. it out for a, uh, a Rubicon 44 housing. Okay. That uh, was like 500 bucks. Put some RCVs in it,
1: um, ARB in the front, Yukon up in the back. Uh, then we got 513 gears in it. It started out with 30 35s. I eventually put 37s on it, and now um, we're in like stage 4 or 5 of the building. It's getting 39s. Um, so uh, did a Icon vehicle dynamic suspension all the way around, um, and man, I thing is. It's it, it dialed, so it's it low to the ground on thirty sevens, and
0: uh, man, there, there hasn't really been—I don't know of any trails that have really denied me. That's awesome. Um, now, do you have any plans to put one tons under there? Is that you know stage six or seven with the end stage there? I'm I'm trying
1: to keep from doing that. Um, I, I, the, the bad thing about building a JK is that once you get done doing all that, you have an eight
0: thousand pound. On one I hadn't thought and about that. Really, it really hurts the performance of it, and then you got to run big tires to do two tons. Just
1: the, the clearance, like the ground clearance, with that thing on thirty nine, the Dana forty four is amazing. Now, mm-hmm. uh, as long as I can keep it together and not break everything, I might go and break it on the next trip,
0: and, and, and that'll be it for the thirty nine. We'll, we'll see. You gotta keep pushing the envelope <laughs> until everybody gets tire, you know, tiny tire syndrome,
1: and, and wants to keep putting bigger tires on everything.
0: Yeah. Now, are you going to stick with the same, uh, are they the KM3s that are on there right now?
1: Right, yeah. That's, in my opinion, that's the best tire for something you want to drive on the street. Like, they, they just hook. They're almost like a sticky to where, like, you ro- roll them over a couple times trying to get up something, mm-hmm. and they just, like, they let out a little magical puff of black <laughs> dust and all of a sudden get sticky and get grip and start going up stuff. Like, it, <laughs> it, it blew my mind and everybody else's
0: when we went and did uh pritchett canyon basically you know right out of the box of those 37s and it went right up it, That's everything awesome. there yeah so we went out when out did pritchett and i was i would think i was one of the only people that didn't winch i did the entire trail on in a jku on 37s wow uh, so let me ask you this you know you go out there and you're running sand hollow you're running moab you're running you know uh did you take the jeep to hammers at all Okay, I couldn't remember. Okay, so you take it all out there, and you have to nail down, okay, I'm going to go west coast in my full-size rig. Where are you going? Uh, My first stop is going to probably be San
1: Hollow. I I like San Hollow because it's kind of the way that Moab used to be. They're very lax on people and the rules and all that stuff, and they're really welcoming to the off-road community. So they want you to come there and and hang out and video, and they're not going to give you a hard time about that. Moab, I don't know, man. There are a bunch of hippies that don't
0: really want us there. They like our money, but mm-hmm. they don't really want us there wheeling. They don't like our brothers. So, uh, do you think that say, do you think Moab will eventually get shut down?
1: I'm, I'm sure they would like that. I, I don't know, man. Like, and Moab's awesome, but the thing about Moab is their rules pretty much. If it's got you know black tracks on it, you're welcome to try it. and go up it. And San Hollow, I mean, it, they're welcome you to make any trail you want. So if something hmm. looks crazy and there's not a single tire mark on it, as long as you're not like, running over bushes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they're all about it and want you to give it a try. So that was wow. probably, that's probably why San Hollow's my
0: favorite. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so let's talk it's called Mega Razor, right? Yeah. Okay, Mega Razor. Uh, you guys started with a four-seat turbo uh, Razor, and you guys have converted into this portal monster. Tell me a little bit about what you guys... Ultimately had to do um, because you guys had an earlier version of the portals. Is that correct? Right, so they're on gen 3 now and uh, the ones we have on them are gen 2. Okay, okay. So I mean pretty much there's not a crazy amount of difference, but I think like the gen 3s you can get billet portals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, we started as a stock for a turbo and it was actually getting built for um, for the off-road park. When we had an off-road park for two years, yeah, so we're building it for uh, my, my partner in that, and
1: um, it, we got done with the park, and he ended up, you know, wanting to get rid of it, so I bought it from him, and that's when it already has portals on it. We put an ORB suspension all the way around on it, so it had all the upgraded stuff. Mm-hmm. And other than that, man, it was pretty much bone stock with a set of V uh, locks and thirty fours. I got some thirty five stickies and put on it and uh, wrapped it. and That's really all I've done to it. I haven't done a lot um i upgraded to the saturn steering on it mm-hmm. and recently put a RCB prop shaft in it but other than that I, I broke like one
0: axle shaft and i just keep shoving stock axles back in it wow that's pretty and amazing it's uh it's been a lot of fun man we, we, we've had a good time gear wheeling it and yeah. last year or this past year when it got time to do trevosima again i actually put it to a vote online i was like all right guys what should i take should mm-hmm.
1: i take the jeep again like we took last year or should I take the Mega Razor to the Jeep party and see if it can keep up? And so people really wanted to see the Mega Razor and, and see what it could do. And I was curious myself. So we, we took it out for the trip this year. And, and then I, I couldn't be happier with how
0: it performed. Now, let me ask you. That machine it's, has been up pretty much everything. Is that right? I mean... <laughs> it's been up a lot of stuff. And uh, when we were at uh, Hammers with it um, during Trail to SEMA, it went up... Um, Sledgehammer, which yeah. the UTV has never been up before, and it also did backdoor, which
1: I don't know if the UTV has ever been up it either. It did both of them unassisted, um, pretty pretty wild. I didn't expect uh, both, of those, did both of those in the same
0: day. Yeah, so I watched those videos, and would you say where would you where would you rate this on that machine? How you have it set up, 35's portals, and the it's and it's just a, overall ability. Is that one of the most capable rigs? That, that you can build? Is that the platform that if you want to go out and, and just beat all terrain, that's it?
1: I, I mean, you, you have to drive it knowing its limits. I mean, you will break, if you drive it like an idiot, you will break coral gears. And mm-hmm. when you break coral gears, you have to take the whole coral box apart and, and then take the gears out put it back together to get off the trail. And so I drive knowing that, you know, I'm at its limits. Mm-hmm. You know, at that, that entire time. So, it's, uh, it's definitely super capable, it can keep up with you know, rock bouncers so I can get around and film them and then it can definitely hang with the built jeeps
0: on 40s. So uh, I don't know, I think for a razor build, I think it's the ultimate razor. Okay, cool, that's, that's what I was fishing for, that's awesome. Yeah. So you actually mentioned it earlier, um, Busted Knuckle used to have an off-road park. So how did that come to fruition and then obviously that's not around anymore if I'm understanding correctly, uh, right. what happened? Uh, so it was actually
1: my, I have a full-time editor that helps edit most of the videos you see on YouTube. And uh, it's a good friend of mine from college. And I has been working for me for probably four or five years. And it was his family hunting land that mm-hmm. they were getting ready to sell because they had bought some other property in Tennessee that they wanted to hunt. And so basically, I you know, gave him the crazy idea of making it a park. And we had basically two years to see if it worked. And if it was going to be, a, you know, a viable business, mm-hmm. and uh, and we and we tried it, we gave it our best shot, and then uh, after two years, it just it was more more work than it was worth, um, and it just wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna make enough money to, to cover the note because the uh, the property was like a million and a half dollars. Property right after two years. So, so man, I I I had fun with it, and I don't I don't regret it at all because I mean that's some of my best times, you know, looking back in the last few years is you know. Building a trail out there by hand, and then having people come and enjoy those
0: trails was, was was pretty cool. Let me ask you this, because I've never had anyone that owns a park or has owned a park on before. What goes into maintenance? And you know, I know there's a pretty heavy labor of insurance and whatnot. But what makes owning a park such a heavy lift? Uh, well, it was it was about 500
1: acres, and which doesn't sound like a lot until right before an event, and you've had come through and you have to go around every single trail to make sure you cut all the trees out of the way that have fallen. Um, that's that's a lot of work. Um, it took pretty much 24 hours of bush hogging to get all of the fields done um, so everybody had plenty of nice room to park. Mm-hmm. Everything looked good. Um, insurance was expensive. Uh, then you'd have people come in that didn't respect, respect the property and like I don't mind if a you know a, a can comes out of the back of your razor when you jump something and it's laying in the middle of the trail, I can pick that up. But when somebody's purposely throwing a can twenty feet into the you know into the woods because they want to be lazy, mm-hmm. like stuff like that, just gets to you. And, and, and that was a big part of the problem too, is that this is people's family hunting property that they they've had for twenty years and they they loved it. And so anytime they saw stuff like that, it wasn't wasn't good for their morale.
0: Yeah, I could I definitely believe that. Um, well the races that you had there uh, i know uh tim meeks from rocky hollow fabrication uh, i hope that's right tim i'm off the top of my head uh he mentioned the other day that the race that you guys had there was his favorite race that he's ever run what do you think makes the and we'll, we'll kind of break this up into utv and bouncer um you've obviously been around a bunch of races a bunch of different race courses what makes the perfect utv race course Man, i think that's that's a tough one because it it depends on
1: who you're talking to, whether you're the spectator, the racer, you know, the video guy, like it's all different for different people. Um, as far as what I think is the best, I think something that's challenging when SRS first started doing UTV racing, um, basically half of the field would finish the course. And that was my favorite racing that I ever did. And then Eventually, they started making it easier and easier because they didn't want people breaking in and they didn't want to do recoveries and stuff like that. And I then I got into the Bounty Series, which was even more fun because it was even more challenging. Like, I'm more of a technical driver than I am. I'm going to drive, you know, outdrive drive somebody wide open for, you know, two minutes around a big, long course. Um, so I, I, I enjoy
0: the technical, like, super difficult stuff probably more than anything else. <clears throat> So, if you had to nail down one of the race courses that they're doing right now, and, and we can we'll talk a little bit more about it, but one of the race courses that they're doing now, um, which one is your favorite for the UTVs? Race courses are doing
1: right now. Um, I always enjoyed Wildcat. Wildcat had a good, you know, they'd have some like jumps at the bottom, mm-hmm. and then you'd have to go up ledges that were fairly difficult. Um, I thought that was those were good. Um, Dirty Turtle
0: usually does a pretty good job as far as just, you know picking out. Some- okay uh i'm gonna I'm gonna derail for a second and say um, do you think that the uh sorry I'm getting a little bit of echo it's like jamming me um do you do, do you think that uh them running the same race courses over and over again is a good thing? Is it the only option they have what, what's going on there or are they the same courses every time?
1: I, you know, as a you know video guy and, and even as a racer, like, I want to see different courses. And I think they're working a little bit more towards that. I think they're starting to, to listen a little better. But, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, as, a, as somebody running a race, you got to get there, you know, days ahead of time and cut new courses because usually the, you know, the, the park and stuff aren't, aren't you know, taking that off of them and doing that for them. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, I don't know, that's a tough thing. Like, some, sometimes they, and you know, they got to make sure it's spectator friendly. so. A thousand people can sit down down there at the bottom of the hill and watch the whole race. So, mm-hmm. sometimes their hands are tied when it comes to that kind of thing. So, I also like seeing when they go to new parks. I mean, I'm always excited to go to a brand new park that none of them have ever been to before and then watch them race. I would think that's
0: really neat. Yeah, I know uh Pro Rock is actually going back to... Is it Chocoloco? Chocoloco? I don't know how to say it. Yeah. Okay, one of those words. Um, Pro Rock's going back there this year. I don't think there's been a race there for... Years. I think that that's really encouraging.
1: Yeah, it's been a while, and, and that's good for us because I mean, we're only gosh, maybe like an hour and a half, two hours from there. So anytime there can be a, a race that's fairly local to us, it's good because we can, we can get all the guys out of the shop and go there together as a team and, and really
0: you know support our racers and, and check stuff out like that. And I think that's always a good thing. So, uh, so let uh, me ask the question yeah, then question for yeah, bouncers we'll What makes we'll the, perfect, perfect the perfect course?
1: Them and then you're also making it difficult on the driver because I mean a lot of those are technical. Like the one at uh, Windrock, they had to jump at the perfect speed so they could still make the turn and go up the hill and have the fastest time. So mm-hmm. um, I think adding stuff like that that really that really keeps the drivers you know on their heels and trying to figure out you know how in the world they're gonna you know, navigate all that. I think stuff like that challenges always always good. I think everybody kind of feeds off that. Okay,
0: yeah, and I, I yeah, agree I, with I, you. Um, let, me you um, let me ask you this. Um, think here. Sorry, I'm trying to get my thoughts out. Uh, do you have that echo going on your end? Um, no. Okay. Um, let me think here. If you had to say one thing about the current state of all the series, you know, all the, we got Renegade coming up, Southern Rock, Pro Rock, um, all those different series. Um, what do they do what next do they do? to make the races make the more, race engaging? more engaging or, or, more, or more? I'm trying to think. Because engaging for spectators and engaging for racers is something very different. Um, obviously, you mentioned that the spectators have to have the view, and they have to be considered in hill design. But uh, as far as racing goes, I mean, what is the current state of those uh, the leagues, the series, are, are, are we getting better or are they stagnant right now?
1: Um, I think the, 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 the biggest difficulty right now with all these race series is, is the amount of race series there's there are. I mean, okay. when, when SRS first started, I mean, they you know, they raced six times a year, and they were the only ones in it, so there were, they had big crowds, because, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to go see a race, you had to travel and see that, you know, wherever it was, and now there's like four or five different series going on, and, and so that way, you know, you don't have to drive that far, you know, you can go to six to 10 races a year and never drive more than three or four hours
0: from your house. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for, I don't know if you took it off the car speakers or whatnot, but that Yeah, that was, that was better. It was like, it's like, have you ever done the voice jammer thing where you like put headphones in and talk and it like jams your voice? Yeah, yeah, it was that's, it was getting me. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that the promoters are in a very interesting situation where you know we're doing a lot of the same hills and they're trying to change things up. But you, as someone who's been there the entirety and watched these uh, series explode, watch the race styles change. If you, if I gave you a magic wand and you could change the race courses or change all of the race series, combine them to one, or what what would you do to make the perfect racing season? Man, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I think,
1: I like, I like when different race series do different things. Like, you got some race series that run two at a time. You got some that run one at a time. You got some that have jumps, some that don't. Um, I don't know. Like, I think, uh, that's tough. I mean, I, I think maybe if you had, like, a qualifying thing or something to where, you know, you, rate, you got 20 guys coming to race and all 20 of them hit two hills, and at the very end, you got to, like got some kind of bonus hill or something that they can do that's super challenging at the end of the day, and you get you know, a certain amount on your, off your time or something like that um, if you actually climb it. So it'd be kind of like a bounty hill. I, I miss the bounty hills probably more than
0: anything. Yeah, that's one thing that I, as a spectator, have noticed over the past, I mean, really three or four years, is everybody's climbing the hills, and it kind of alludes to the next topic, the machines are getting better. They are. And the question is, are the machines too capable and they just can't have natural obstacles that are that hard? Or is it course choice?
1: Um, I think that the, the machines are definitely, they've, they've come so far, the suspension and stuff. Like the, and we still have further to go. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I would hate to have to pick out a hill nowadays. Because something that you think is going to be difficult can be impossible. Like, you know, pro, you know, the, whatever the race was in, um, it last year where yeah. nobody climbed the hill and they had to change things up. And, uh, I mean, you can, you can pick something up like that and think that no one's going to climb it. And then everybody just smokes right up it. Like it's, it's hard to pick something these days. And, 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 you know, I wouldn't want to have to be in that position at this point because it's, it's super difficult.
0: Yeah. And, and so we'll kind of break this up here. Um, cause what I want to ask you next is the East coast development of race cars, uh, of the buggies. You guys are obviously you have your hands in that with your chassis, You guys are pushing, you know, more power, more su- like more finely tuned suspension out of your shop um, than a lot of different places. Where where is the next leap in technology going to come from for these cars that are racing?
1: Hmm. I think if if anything, I mean, if they have the budget, I think IFS is probably going to be the next the next big thing. I mean, sure. Timmy's starting to get his dialed in and 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 becoming really fast and and i think that might be the the next big ticket but then again we we might get to a a really rocky place like hog pride and he might struggle so we we haven't really you know the jury's not all the way out on that we'll see you see how the the season progresses and how that new ifs buggy at timmy's does and then we kind of call it from there but it could be just like king of the hammers where some years an ifs you know rig wins it all and and then you have years where, like this year, where a solid axle car, you know, dominates.
0: And that's that's exactly what I was going to say next. Is you know, are, are those cars at the top of the technology chain? I mean, they are in respect to chassis design and things like that. But what more can those cars do to improve than they already are right now? Other than you know, just having I had Hunter Miller on and basically i i just kind of explained i was like do you think that you just had a combination of the perfect storm you came prepared and all the cards just fell right in line and that's why you came out and won on your first run here and and is that really what it comes down to or is there still this area of technology where they can you know people can be beat by their car only does that make sense yeah
1: i mean i think man it, it, especially in the sport of rock bouncing like people can think that it's all buggy, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's, it's a majority driver. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you it, uh, these buggies are super capable, but
0: if you don't hit the
1: throttle at the right time or, or anything like that, I mean, you can have, you know, people that come out that are rookie drivers that, you know, have no idea about the sport and then you can see them, you know, progress and then, be on the podium you know in the next few races so I think a lot of it comes down to you know seat time and I think that's one of the big things that that uh you know sets Timmy above a lot of the rest is just getting getting seat time in his rigs probably more than anybody
0: do you think that he is if we were to look at a season as an entirety um is he invincible in a season in the bouncers I mean it seems like people have have been close but uh no one's been able to you know kind of snatch it out of his hands
1: uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, he's he's one of those guys that he is always on the top end of technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's the first one that's got a fully engineered IFS rig. I mean, you know, the folks that have built them before have just been kind of you know. Based off of things that they thought would work, the one that he's running now is like completely 100 percent engineered to work perfectly. And so, when you you mix a rock bouncer and a trophy truck together with all that engineering, man, that's that's definitely gonna gonna you know outperform.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, who do you think has the best shot at taking Timmy off the podium for the season? Whew, that's tough. <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna yeah. start grilling you here, making you start choosing. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Um,
1: Man, I, th- I still think Bubba Bacon has a has a good shot. Both of the Bacon's are always up there, you know, towards the top. Um, there's also some lightweight Ford buggies that have, uh, you know, been on the podium the last couple times as well. So those guys are are going to be tough. Then you got you know the two buggies of ours, you know, Gold Rush and Bad Influence. I think both of those guys, if they can, you know, keep making small mistake, you know, quit making so- the small mistakes that they're making. And, uh, and, and they'll be on the podium every time. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think Shane had one of the fastest runs on Hill 1 at Windrock and, and accidentally hit the – the fuel pump switch on his turn up to the finish line. Man, he was cooking and then did really good on the second hill. And so, man, he would have been on the podium if he hadn't made that one tiny mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, just getting them dialed in. And, and you know, soon, we try to go to the races and watch those guys and make sure if we see anything that we're making adjustments for them too. So it's not just, you know, you buy a buggy here, bust a knuckle, and we send you on your way. Like We're trying to make sure they can get them dialed in, you know, for their abilities and, and so they can do as good as they can do
0: so let 's talk about that too. If somebody comes to you and they say, "Hey, I have X amount of dollars, um, I want to build a buggy, turnkey. you know what is the process after they pick their buggy up Because obviously we had Jake on, we talked about you know you're, you're going to get an excellent product, but after the fact, you know in terms of tuning or these small details or you guys going to races and, and kind of looking things over, what is included i 'm not going to use included that's the wrong word, but um, what do you guys do post-buggy build to stay in touch with these drivers?
1: Yeah, we're still, you know, anytime someone's racing one of our, our vehicles, you know, we're going to try to make sure that they're taken care of and that they've got the parts that they need. So, I mean, we, we, we have these guys that are still tearing stuff up, and, and we'll make sure that they got the parts they need. I mean, Gold Rush has... I mean, change the game. That's the most power any rock monster has ever had in it. And he took the Billy really badass drive shafts that no one has ever broken and twisted one up. And so we had to evolve and, and figure out, you know, what was next. And we built him a new drive shaft, and that's what I think is in his as well as uh, Schissler's now. And they have not even been able to tweak them. So, I mean, I think, you know, the progression of, you know, what a vehicle can take. You know, We're going to stand behind the people that have got our chassis and our buggies and we're going to try to make sure that they can race to the best of
0: their ability and that they're going to have the machine that's going to
1: take them to the top and all they got to do is drive it.
0: Perfect. I think that's an awesome answer. Um, side-by-side wise, you, know, you guys are mostly pushing out uh, full-size buggies, uh, full-size work, stuff like that. Um, do you foresee you guys moving in a direction to have any side-by-side support uh, more than you do now?
1: I mean, we'll... We still sell some parts and things like that for UTVs, but there's just so many people that do that mm-hmm. um, that we just would rather you know focus on the void in the market. And I think that's you know a, a well-built rock bouncer. And our our biggest thing moving forward is we want to try. You know, we we have the proven ones that are racing that are very high budget so our next thing is to try to make something that's someone can get on a fairly you know a fair budget and be able to go out and wheel and have a good time and, and enjoy the sport you know not necessarily racing they could if they wanted to but you know something a little more affordable that you know still has the same bust knuckle quality they can
0: expect so let me ask you this this is the million dollar question um ballpark me what's a what's the idea of a, of a fair price for you know someone who wants to come in and get an entry-level bouncer a, a good trail bouncer
1: right so right now we're thinking around 85 and that's you know that's a, a motor with a warranty that's going to make 500 horsepower 14 volts front rear like something that you can go out it's going to perform you can beat on in the woods and not worry about breaking it all the time and that's kind of what our, our goal is and you're still going to have that same quality that you expect out of us
0: that's awesome i think that's 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 pretty fair for in terms of especially with what you're getting you know
1: I think so, and, and there's so many people that'll go out there and they'll, they'll buy a, a used bouncer for forty grand, and then, you know, those are some of the some of the people we were working with when we first started the shop, is we'd, we'd have them come in here, and they would want a bunch of stuff fixed, and, man, they would end up spending, you know, at least that amount getting it where it worked correctly.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's... So
1: we just want to make, make sure somebody has something right out of the box, and then it, and we have the parts on the shelf, so if you break a link bar or break a drive shaft or anything like that, we're going to have one on the shelf, so ship to you the next day so we're just trying to make it trying to make it more production and more easy for people to you know ease ease of use more than anything
0: yeah so let me ask you what comes next for you what comes next for busted knuckle films what's on the radar oh well i have a build-off coming
1: up um with bleepin jeep so that's going to be fun we both bought um $2,000 vehicles, and we've got another $3,000 to build them, and we're going to compete against each other. And I think that's that's going to be pretty fun. I've never done a build-off against anybody, so I think that's going to be neat. Um, We're going to keep trying to find new ways to put cool stuff on Amazon Prime. Uh, We want to start a new series uh, with all the builds that we're doing, and we're going to call it Bust and Knuckle Builds, and kind of repackage that stuff, and then kind of follow that same format going forward with um, Amazon Prime. And I've also got a new one. That is going to be called something to do with bucket list, but it's basically all of the things that an off-roader has ever wanted to do, like bucket list things. And the first thing I did, um, it's going to be the pilot episode, is I went down to Baja and co-drove in a unlimited trophy truck with a 15-year-old kid um, that
0: had 1,100 horsepower. Whoa. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it was it was super sketchy. I thought for sure, being co driver, I was going to puke all over myself. Yeah, I,
1: mean, I didn't I didn't take any medicine to help or anything like. But you, stuff is coming at you so fast, and you're shouting out turns and course markings and stuff like that that you don't have time to even worry about it. So, but it was uh, it was an epic finish, and uh, I can't wait. We're still working on that one, trying to get it dialed in, um, so we can you know release the first episode. But I really think that one's going to be a hit. Just all the it's the things that everyone's always wanted to do, and. and uh, we've made a pretty good list of things, and hopefully, hopefully, once that pilot episode comes out, people take take notice, and I get a few more opportunities. Because cause some of the things are going to be a pretty pretty high ask for some things I'd like to drive.
0: Yeah, no, I I think that that's amazing, and I think that that's super exciting uh, in terms of things to look forward to, and and that kind of leads me to the next question: What are things that like What are you looking forward to? Uh, you know, whether that's your personal life, whether that's business or just the off-road expansion as it always continues to flow. But what are things that you're looking forward to right now? Um, I really just, I'm looking forward to
1: growing, you know, growing the shop and getting everything going and, and hopefully getting to a point to where, jake can take some vacation and and come out on some of the adventures with me and and i know every time i get back from an adventure he's like you know sulking in his office or whatever Uh because he's got to work all the time but uh you know trying to just make it to where everybody can have a little more opportunity to to get out and have some fun and and just really see where all this is going to go man i I, I never expected to to be where we are today and and uh, we're not done yet so uh i guess i'm just just ready to see what happens yeah
0: absolutely um So are there any events or anything that you are going to be at this year uh, that is noteworthy or where people can come meet you?
1: Well, if they'll quit canceling events, I'll be at a
0: bunch. So let's talk about that. Uh, (laughs) So this coronavirus, I think that you've you've been on Facebook from what I've seen. uh, You've been very outwardly, you know, kind of, uh, you've you've expressed your opinion. That's the right way to say it. Um, What do you think about the whole thing? Is it is it dumb that they're canceling all these events? Is it a good idea? Tell me about it. Man,
1: I'm I'm not a medical professional, so I can't really speak on whether it's a good idea or not. And I mean, most of the time, they're not shutting down the parks; they're mm-hmm. just making it where these big events can't happen. And, and I understand that stuff's spreading spreading this rapidly and you know as they say it is then that's that's probably a good idea it just it just kind of sucks for you know what we're used to and and, and of course us going in video and um but we we just started something today and uh we're we're making it where people can nominate um someone online that's a first responder or you know somebody in the healthcare industry that's really on like the front lines of this stuff and who's really getting hit hard and uh we're gonna start sending out swag packs every week so hat t-shirts some other stuff just to one of those people that we pick every week, so we can do something to kind of give back and, and maybe brighten somebody's day that, uh, that's having a hard time right now.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, where can people make their submissions for that?
1: Uh, so I made a post on Facebook that's um, on the Bus Knuckle Films page, so they can just comment there or man, send us an email, any, any way they can contact us. So we're just kind of looking looking for those people, You know, what their name is, kind of a little backstory, and
0: uh, that kind of thing. That's awesome. Uh, so, I mean, that kind of covers everything. Is there anything in particular that we didn't talk about that you did want to talk about? Um,
1: a lot of people ask about the whole clothing side of things. Yeah. And how that got started, and that's a, that's a fairly decent story, I guess. But, yeah, please. Uh, so, so when we all started out doing all the off road stuff, there wasn't really a brand that kind of represented off road. Like I, I, you know, I started out racing or not racing, but riding sport quads and things like that. I so, mean, we had like Fox racing. Classic. jerseys and t-shirts and all that stuff and then when it came to off-road stuff it was basically you know whoever you bought parts from you know rough country or whoever mm-hmm. you know uconn and we would have their shirts and so i wanted to make a brand that everyone could wear and knew you know the person wearing that shirt that they were an off-roader like something to drum up conversation mm-hmm. and uh, so we kind of set out with that mission and uh, started that not long after. Um, we started doing all the video and everything because people wanted a way to give back and help us, you know, move forward in our business and do better with film work and buy cameras and stuff like that. So we started making T-shirts, and uh, the rest is kind of history on that, man. We, we uh, I, I got a full-time person that ships orders every day, and we keep trying to push the envelope of of design when it comes to cool T-shirts and hats and hoodies and all that good stuff. And that's been something that's been a lot of fun for me, you know. Walking through an airport somewhere random on the other side of the country and seeing somebody wearing one of your shirts is is, is a pretty cool deal. So yeah, I'm sure. Fun.
0: So yeah, absolutely. And and I've got a few uh, like kind of just random off the wall thoughts. Um, have you guys ever thought about doing one of your adventures from like Windrock all the way up to Hatfield McCoy and like doing the East Coast uh, long distance adventures?
1: like that um this year before all this stuff kind of started happening mm-hmm. um so that's something like that might not be too far out um we'll just have to we'll have to see on that but i definitely you know i, I started doing all that stuff and and covering all these rides and videoing and the rock bouncers and all that stuff but and one of my favorite things to do is, is to get out and trail ride i mean mm-hmm. that's that's what kind of got me into the sport and, and what i still enjoy a lot so i'm just i'm lucky that uh we can we can make it entertaining enough for, for people to actually follow along and watch because that's that's some of my favorite things to do
0: yeah absolutely um so got a couple of pick your favorites uh if you had to go one location to go wheeling where are you going to go probably going to go San hollow St. Hollow takes it, takes it for the whole country? Yep. Okay, cool. Um, if you had to pick one West Coast Ultra 4-style driver, uh, who you picking? Mm, I'm going to probably pick Tom Lace. Ooh, okay, classic. All right, East Coast, who do you got?
1: East Coast driver?
0: Yep. Mm, Dell Arson. You know, okay, is he making is he making a comeback? I've seen all these little rumors around. Is he going to make a comeback? You think? We're, we're trying to do our part to, to motivate him and egg him on, but
1: uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping soon. Um, I think he was trying to, to sell a few things he had left over from his last build, and uh, so he could finish up the buggy he's trying to build now. And uh, yeah, man, I'd, I'd love to see him back in the back in the woods again, and even competing because man, uh, there's only two people. that are at the bottom of the hill that I'll stand up there at the top and get chills and just don't know what's going to happen next. One of them is Bobby Tanner and the other one is Dale Larson. There are no other drivers like one of those guys.
0: Yeah, and and going back and watching any of the videos of him, uh, he's a wild man. Like a no concern, no fear of death. I mean, to be honest with you, no fear at all. Uh, He's a wild man. And I I, I agree. That'd be awesome to see him out there. Um, Another question I had for you. So... Can Am and my listeners love this because I talk about it every single episode. Can Am's comes out with the RC Turbo RR, pretty much stomps King of Hammers, all this and that. You know, you know the Can Am spill. Um, what does Razor have to do to catch up? What, are they, what is the next step for them?
1: Man, I don't know. I mean, if you still if you're still running around on this side of the country, it's still dominated by Razor.
0: So Agreed. I don't know.
1: Maybe uh, maybe Can Am needs to ship one over here for me to try out. Maybe we can convert.
0: Oh, interesting. Uh <laughs> uh people are always listening. I'll just I'll just leave it like that. Um but uh yeah, I uh I, so being a Polaris guy, I've been in Can Ams. I actually rode with Nitro uh not Nitro, uh Hubert Roland from Nitro Circus, got in his Can Am is just his King of Hammers car. That car is just violent. Like it is a insane amount of power when you get the tune that you need and get everything squared away. Uh, absolutely astonishing exactly what that car can do. So uh, I'm really curious to see what Polaris kind of steps up with next and what they come out with because, uh, face it, like it is, in the racing scene, they're behind right now. And I'm very curious because I don't think a 72-inch Pro XP is the answer. I I just don't. But uh, right. what are your? Th- I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, what? What is? Is it power that they need? Is it a redesign of the body that looks better because people apparently don't like the new Pro XP? What? What do you think it is?
1: Uh- a floor it'd probably be a turbo s i just think that one looks way meaner than than the pro xp now some people have cut that little weird aztec
0: thing off the back and just like carry their cage and stuff around and mm-hmm. kind of like deleted that yeah and when you do that to a pro
1: xp they actually look pretty rowdy yeah so yeah I-, I don't know man i mean I like that they're slugging it out between CanAm and, and Polaris.
0: That's good for us as consumers because yep. they're going to
1: keep, you know, pushing the envelope, and making them better, and better. And if you look at coming from an 800 to where we are now, like I mean, you get an 800, and it feels like
0: you're in a Power Wheels. Yeah, it's so, uh, yeah, it's, I can, it's I mean, something. I don't even know what's going to happen in the next 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think we're all in a good place, especially as fans and especially as consumers. Um, it's only going to go up from here, and uh, I think that that's just awesome. Awesome place to be. Um, but that's all the questions that i had for you uh do you have again do you have anything else you want to bring up or anything else you want to talk about no i think we're good man cool. just uh
1: tell everybody watching get out there
0: and, and, and trail ride
1: you know you don't have to be cooped up in the house right now you can stay six feet away from everybody and still go out and wheel them. so get yeah. out, and enjoy
0: your time off while you got it now anybody you need to give a shout out to before we close things out um just big shout out to my wife Anna, she just uh, good answer. Anna puts
1: up with me being on the road all the time and, and late nights in the shop So, uh, and of course all the folks here at, at Bus Knuckle Off-Road, you know, we, we have a good group of guys here working and they they see the vision and, and Jake sees the vision and, and we're just trying to, to bring that to life now so hopefully in the next few years you
0: really, really see us taking off. Well that's awesome, um, I know I'm looking forward to it, I love the content you guys put out, I'm going to check out the Amazon Prime this evening, um, super stoked to have had you on the show Matt. Uh, with that, we'll close it. If you'll stay on the line, we'll close this out. Um, thanks for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. I do want to go over Supergrip ATV one more time. But before that, if you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really helps us, and it really goes a long way. Uh, Supergrip ATV doesn't just offer the K9 tire. Uh, they offer an amp tire, an amp. Uh, I'm assuming that everyone is pretty familiar with the K9 by now, but I'm actually going to go over it. The Super Grip K9 is a rugged, all-terrain, ATV, UTV tire designed to get you through the most extreme terrains. The K9 features an 8-ply rated radial construction with great rubber compounds for your on-road and off-road adventures. One question I've been getting on Facebook a lot is how do they wear on the road? Guys, I'm not sure and I'll find out if I can tell you what they were getting out of their R&D tires, but I mean it was in the ballpark of you know hundreds if not thousands of miles out of these tires. Um, longer than any tires I've ever ran for sure on my, any of my machines. Uh, If you're looking for the ultimate control on-road or off-road, you need to not look further. The K9 tire is it. You know what's really cool is they actually offer a Kevlar uh, sidewall on there. Kevlar is obviously a synthetic fiber that's about five times stronger than steel. Kevlar is used in the tires in one of two ways. um, As a replacement for the steel coils that form uh, the tire's edge, known as the beads. Um, But also, it actually goes into the – let me make sure I'm reading this here. Uh, da, 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 da. but it is a uh, internal fabric that internal fabric casing that forms the tire structure when the beads are made of Kevlar the tires are lighter and the tire can be folded up easily something that can 't be done with a regular tire and it is super strong y'all super strong i 've run Kevlar tires before and they 're absolutely nuts how strong they are um, super good tire one inch tread depth eight ply rating comes in a twenty seven a thirty a thirty two and the elusive 35. That tire is going to be awesome. Uh, the K9 will eventually be coming out in three different compounds. Spoiler: Don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but here it is. Uh, it's going to be coming out in a standard, uh, a soft, and a softer. They're going to have uh, two different names for the soft tires, but that's essentially what we're getting at. I'll find, out, I'll iron out the details there. Another tire that they offer, which I think is a big hit is the uh shredder tire it's an extreme mud tire designed for maximum traction in the mud and an amazingly smooth ride the two-tiered tread pattern shoulder treads and massive tread lugs provide excellent traction and clean out in even the muddiest conditions deep wrapping tread bars hook up on one side while dispersing the mud from the center channel that's the shredder the sizes that shredder comes in whoa it's a lot They have a 25, uh, two versions of the, wow, a bunch of different versions of the 25 in different uh, widths, a 26, a 27, and a 28, all in different widths, and some with a liner option. Uh, Guys, tons of different things. Supergrip also offers an entire line of wheels right now. Now they're non-Beadlock wheels. They're alloy though. They do sell a 12 inch wheel, and they sell a 14 inch wheel, which are super stylish. Um, one more tire worth mentioning is their Amp tire. The Amp is a non-directional tire pattern, uh, i sorry, excuse me, tread pattern that makes it great on almost every type of terrain. It's kind of like a big Horn, but not exactly the same. Sorry, super grip if I'm not supposed to say that, but uh, for your, you know, just so you guys have a mental picture, that's what the Amp tire is. It comes in uh, the ATV sizes, a 24, 25, 26, 27, and a 29 for the 11, 12, and 14 inch size rims. Super cool, you can run a 27 and a 14 inch rim. Whoa, big boys. And a variety of widths there. But glad to have Super Grip on board. Supergrip is gonna do some awesome things in the future and I'm glad that they have hitched their wagon to Racing on the Rocks. Uh, another sponsor is Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road offers a 25 year you break it, they fix it warranty even covering accidental damage on all of the following products. Light bars, light pods, wheel rings, whips, uh, rock lights, for example, super bright rock lights. And by the way, they're running a crazy special on uh, their four watt rock lights. I think that's what it is. Um, Check that out this week. I'm not sure how long that's actually going to last. They offer all listeners of the show a 10% off coupon code word rocks, R O C K S will get you what you need and get you out the door. 10% 10% cheaper. Another sponsor we have is We Buy Rides. We Buy Rides is a car dealership where you can go and confidently get the best offer for your vehicle. Um, highly recommend doing business with these guys. The customer service that I've had with them has been pretty much unmatched. Uh, there was a almost no questions negotiation between us. I knew that I was getting a really good deal. They, you know, It was no hassle. Uh, I'm confident that you guys will run into the same uh, encounter with them. They're awesome to deal with, great people, and they'll even uh, get the specific car that you're looking for, a 4x4 diesel and highline vehicle specifically is their specialty. They move a ton of cars through the lot and I'm super happy to be doing business with those guys. That's WeBuyRides, with z.com and WeBuyRides on Facebook. Last but not least, All Things UTV is our final sponsor. Everything else that the two companies, or three companies, uh, don't sell, All Things UTV picks up the slack. Uh, All Things UTV will become a Supergrip ATV dealer, uh, so you can expect to get the K9 and other tire options through All Things UTV. But not only that, but they have awesome tender spring upgrade kits. They have performance clutching, axles, uh, wheels, tires, everything you can think of. They've got it. All Things UTV really... Uh, is your one-stop shop. And like I said, with my experience with them, almost overnight shipping, I mean, I I don't know what overnight shipping exactly entails, but ordered it Thursday, showed up at my house on Friday, uh, and just got the last of the batch that came directly from System 3. I had tracking numbers, the whole nine yards, everything was awesome. So All Things UTV on Facebook and Instagram and allthingsutv.com. All right, everybody, make sure you subscribe, make sure you review the post, uh, review the podcast, Give us some love, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Thanks.